Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Welcome to Crack a One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And I am chilling, y'all. <laughs> I'm lying down on my couch with the microphone toward my mouth, just living life to the fullest because it is the end of the unofficial summer. Mm-hmm. Although I hate that term because the summer keeps lasting. And by marking an end early, you just invite coldness <laughs> the summer lasts for another four weeks guys uh, like why are we trying to cut it short the summer is great i mean i love pumpkin spice as much as the next basic bitch i was gonna say but fun, fun fact about mike the only thing he likes about fall is pumpkin <laughs> and halloween but yes pumpkin True. and halloween that's it i hate everything else about summer <laughs> everything else except for those two things so let's keep the summer rolling I'm in perfect chill mode. Baby, please tell me we drinking a chill beer. Yeah, it's pretty chill. I like it. All right, what are we drinking? <laughs> All right, so this week we are cracking open Haze Charmer, an American pale ale from Trogues Independent Brewing, which is located in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Trogues was founded in 1996 by brothers John and Chris Trogner. Previous to 1996, Chris was living in Boulder, Colorado, which is where... Uh, as he puts it, the craft brewery renaissance was really starting. So I assume that living there at that time was part of his inspiration to get into this business. But the Chris moved back home to Pennsylvania so he could work with his brother to open a brewery. And they decided on the name Trogues because it's actually a combination of a nickname derived from their last name, Trogner, mm-hmm. and then the Dutch word Krog, which means pub. Ah. Yeah, clever. So in the beginning, it was truly a family affair. They brought in all their family and friends and a few extra hands to help bottle and keg or whatever else needed to be done around the brewery. But as demand grew, they were able to add a lot of new people to the team who didn't necessarily share their last name. 
So what I learned from their website that you wouldn't know unless you're from the area is that their brewery has uh, what they call a scratch series. It changes every week on Thursdays, and it sounds like it's basically like an experimental brew that they'll pay special attention to its feedback while it's in the tasting room so that they can learn how to really build on it or scratch it. Okay. So it's like uh, Two Roads has a pilot series. Exactly. That's very similar. It's, okay. Yeah, it's their their version of a pilot series, like research and development, like in real time. I think it's always great when breweries do that because it really takes the customers into consideration. It really wants to know what the customers are feeling, what they oh, think yeah. about the beer and what they can do to improve it. And Which obviously that's what's going to sell in the tap room. That's exactly. what they want to make. Because I think a lot of brewers have a different opinion on what's great mm-hmm. that make maybe doesn't translate well to the outside world. Like, okay, you've had yeah. a, a bajillion and you like this experimental weird stuff because you've just had everything else. And it may be that you make an amazing version of whatever that is, but that's not necessarily what's going to sell where you're brewing. Yeah. They want you to tone this down or that down a notch. And yeah. It's just a good idea to get some outside opinion sometimes. Absolutely. Especially if like you're the boss and like everybody in the else in the brewery is just like, it's great, boss. So good. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And maybe it sucks, but they're just too afraid to tell you that they hate it. Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Uh, so Hayes Charmer spent about six months in development as part of this small batch series before being released in 2020 as Trogue's first new year round beer in four years. Wow. It also won the Best of Mid-Atlantic Pale Ale in 2020 at the U.S. Beer Tasting Championship, which sounds like really exciting (laughs) (laughs) and also something I want to participate in. (laughs) Yes, please. Uh, So, quote, it's been a fun ride perfecting this recipe, said brewmaster Joe Trogner in a press release on their website. More than ever before, we dialed into the relationship between fermentation and the hop combination and how a yeast strain can fundamentally change the way you smell hops. It's not just with the hop suit that you choose. It's more about the total picture, the overall relationship among ingredients. As we tasted an early pilot batch and started to see the dynamics of the rela- that relationship, a light bulb went on. It's like finding a new color of the rainbow, end quote. Trogues also has a splinter series of beers that are barrel aged and were produced on a very limited basis. They have three fooders to play around with for that. Mm. Um, I also didn't realize until we did the last episode that Trogues has a really small distribution area. It's only about 10 states up and down the Northeast because they really want to make sure that everything is as fresh as possible. For some reason, I thought they were more widespread than that. Well, they seem very professional in terms of their can design, their artistry, their their presence in restaurants and and liquor stores and Mm -hmm. everything else. It It just just seems like like they're ubiquitous. Yes. It seems that they're a much bigger brand, I guess, than they are. But 10 states up and down, maybe like the Northeast. The Northeast, that's still a pretty large amount of the population of the United States. You know what I mean? Like people live on the coast and then the middle has not as much. So that's still, if you can say the 10 states, I think that's still pretty big. Yeah. Uh, compared to 99% of breweries. Yeah, that's fair considering all the the distribution sizes of the other ones. That's yeah. true. I'm also surprised if Trogues wouldn't ship to anywhere with all these new shipping yeah, things Yeah, that and stuff. I didn't look into. Yeah. I'd wonder if you could try to get it like on the West Coast or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Australia or Hawaii, but. 
the other contiguous. In the continental yeah. U.S. Hopefully. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that means that other people could enjoy the beer that we're about to review. Ooh. <laughs> so let's get down to it. Trost describes the brew like this. Quote, Haze Charmer emerges from a soft, swirling cloud of oats and unsalted wheat. Vigorous dry hopping as a second phase of haze, propping up the oils of Eldorado and Citra hops. Each sip delivers notes of juicy pineapple, fresh grapefruit, and candied peach, balanced by a hint of white pine and low bitterness. A soft, juicy, and hazy pale ale, Haze Charmer is here to cast its spell on you. I like the the peach. Right. I like the fact that they don't say it's uh, light bitterness and that it's just a pale ale. They don't make it an IPA. I think that's interesting. Yeah. It's a hazy PA. Mm-hmm. Ugh, a... <laughs> <laughs> so Hayes Charmer clocks in at 5.5% ABV and the hops trogues used in this brew include Citra, Eldorado, Lotus, and Mosaic. Grains include honey malt, malted wheat, oats, pale malt, and unsalted wheat. Oh, I like it. I like it. They added the malts. <laughs> and the yeast is London 3. And no, I couldn't find anything out about that. <laughs> That's fine. They list it. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Citra Hops. Citra Hops, aka 114, were first bred back in 1990. And Citra's lineage includes U.S. Tetnanger, Hallertauer Mittelfra, Brewer's Gold, East Kennet Golding, and an unknown variety of American wild hop. Citra hops are citrusy. What? What? They have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which makes it good for bittering, but it's also excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can also lend a delicate and desired aromatic, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. Lotus, lotus, lotus. I'm excited for the ones we don't talk about that often. Mm -hmm. Next up, we've got Eldorado hops, <laughs> which were released in 2010 and feature a uniquely fruity flavor profile, including tropical fruit, pineapple, and mango, in addition to having a desirable bittering and aromatic properties. Aromas include pear, watermelon, stone fruit, and candy. Combine this with the fact that it has high alpha acids, good storage stability, and high yields, and Eldorado is truly an outstanding commercial variety of hops can i ask one question before we move on to what i assume is finally lotus yes um hold on. <laughs> have we ever gotten the watermelon out of the eldorado not to my because i'm memory. pretty sure the last episode we were trying our hardest yep to get those hints of watermelon we couldn't yep okay <laughs> just making sure we still could not they keep listing them but i keep not tasting them and every and beer that to. we have that is supposed to be watermelon flavored, for the most part, not great. Aside from like Amelia by Thimble. Yeah, the Thimble Island Amelia is, I was going to say, don't you knock Amelia because no, that not beer at all. is an amazing, amazing summer beer that I hope they bring back. But it's literally the only good watermelon beer I've had. Facts. 
cannot deny. Anyway, besides that, the name of the hop was inspired by the fabled city paved with gold because the hops have a golden dust of Lapulin. Then we've got Lotus Hops. Lotus Hops, new hop. <laughs> I'm doing everything in order. So. Fine. I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm just excited. I know. Um, so they were actually really new, like not just new to us talking about it, but mm-hmm. they were just released commercially in 2019. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Lotus is an experimental hop out of Hopsteiner's breeding program, which includes other varieties like Apollo, Calypso, Bravo, and Eureka. This is from Hopsteiner's February 2019 article about the release. Quote, the majority of Lotus's genetic origin stems from Eastern Gold, a Japanese variety dating back to the 1930s, followed by a mix of Apollo, Cascade, and a USDA male. The USDA male was bred from an open pollinating seedling of a wild American hop developed at Y College in England. The cross from the USDA male and the Nexo Neo Mexicanus heritage adds an additional layer of complexity and uniqueness to this variety. Lotus offers exceptional aromatic characteristics, boasting waves of orange and vanilla, followed by notes of candied grape and tropical fruit aromas. And they say that they chose the name Lotus to recognize the rebirth of life because hops are a perennial plant and celebration of harvest. And last but not least, we've got Mosaic Hops, a.k.a. Citra on steroids. They are the daughter of Simcoe and Nugget. Uh, Mosaic was released in 2012, which can be used for bittering, flavor, and aroma. It has high alpha acids, but low cohumulone, making them pleasantly hoppy with flavors of mango, pine, citrus, and herbs, and giving the aromas of tropical and stone fruits. Trogues also mentioned that, quote, Haze Charmer is cloudy with a haze that helps retain hop oils that would otherwise drop out resulting in a soft and sessionable beer that is big on hop flavor and low on bitterness. Ooh, a hazy beer that's sessionable. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. The haze, is, quote, essentially becomes a hop oil delivery system, says the brewmaster. It's haze with a purpose. And finally, you know I love a good food pairing. <laughs> so here we go. According to Trogues, good contrasting flavors to haze charmer include arugula, leeks, Grilled chicken, cream cheese, lobster roll with butter and lemon, (laughs) grapefruit vinaigrette, peppercorn, and grilled meats. Good complementary flavors include oysters, sweet corn, caracara oranges, pineapple, brie, grilled swordfish, ceviche with lime, coconut curry, vanilla, and peach. And Trogues does not recommend having Hayes Starmer with milk or dark chocolate, aged cheese, broccoli, or peanut butter. I like that they have don't eat this with this yep. kind of recommendation. <laughs> That's interesting. Most people just go eat it with this and don't go, oh, really? Like, no, don't. Not not this. Please. Yeah. Please don't. Well, I like that they also break it down so far as to go, this is going to contrast and then this is going to complement. That's very interesting. True, but I get that because like sometimes you want that contrasting flavor with your stuff Mm -hmm. because you want a beer that's not going to get lost, but not going to destroy the foods. Yeah. So this way you can have a beer that you can have like 
the the lobster was a contrast, right? Mm-hmm. You can have the lobster, but you can have the beer, and they don't they don't touch each other. Yeah, but you can also have the swordfish and that beer, and they complement each other. But you have peanut butter in that beer, and it's gonna be gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think that was gross either way. I would personally think it was gross either way because I don't like peanut butter. I think we've talked about this a couple of times. Uh, they should be probably. I'm so sad Fair for you. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Screw peanut butter. Sit over eat flavor. And it covers everything. Peanut butter and whatever. I don't care. Whatever. It's peanut butter. Peanut butter and chocolate. It's peanut butter. Peanut butter and strawberry. It's peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. It's peanut butter. Peanut butter and bread. It's peanut butter. Yep. Peanut butter kills every yeah. taste. I mean, I like bacon, but bacon does the same thing. Bacon is the peanut butter of the meat world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm not being, I'm not disappointed because I'm getting to taste other so flavors. Brave and, <laughs> <laughs> and yet so controversial. Oh, it was the other way around. I screwed up that quote. Oh, I think you said it right. I'm not sure. I'm not confident. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, peanut butter is an overpowering flavor that destroys all else. And I am not sad that I don't like it because that's fair. That you, way I get you, to actually you taste You really flavors. have to enjoy peanuts. I like peanuts as peanuts, but once it becomes peanut butter, it's overpowering. Ah, that's so strange. It's just overpowering. I'll eat it. It's not like I gag and throw up when I have it. It's just no. like, ugh, it's peanut butter. All right, let's move on. Ugh. What does it taste like? Peanut butter. How's your pie? Peanut butter. I just yeah. don't get. The fascination. Have a light flavor. That's why I like a vanilla. You add stuff to vanilla, you can taste everything. Anyway, this is a huge and then tangent. The, the vanilla gets lost sometimes, and that bugs me too. Sometimes there's not a strong yeah. enough vanilla you flavor. Know when it gets, you know when it gets lost? You know when? When it's mixed with peanut butter. And let's drink this beer. All right. So here we go. Ready? Ooh, these just fell on my leg. <laughs> Cold. I didn't get any smells. Me Ooh, either. I got a little bit of sweetness. I'm excited that we finally get to use our can-shaped glasses. Ooh, this is a nice hazy boy. It's hazy and it's a little different color than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a light hazy color. Yeah. And it's actually what I like. It's it's not super hazy. You can still see the bottom of the glass. That's true. It's hazy, but it's not a hazy IPA, which I was con- I was not concerned about, but curious about because mm-hmm. they called it sessionable mm-hmm. and a pale ale not an india pale ale yep and it's like well how hazy is just a pale ale and how hazy can you make a sessionable beer exactly so that's interesting and you can and it's got a really nice a lacy head it does have a nice like head. a soft head do you smell anything off the glass just that I get pineapple kind and a little bit of yeah pineapple that's it nothing too different from your typical citrus uh citra ipa yeah nothing too crazy not, not a lot of pine or resin or anything not yet not yet Clink. cheers cheers give me that lotus mm. oh no there's resin there's resin like yeah like a lot. right on the tongue it just like hits you it's sharp wow i like that and it is sessionable it's this that's oh, light man that's nice this is really good. It has such a a transformation from sip to swallow. It's all very quick to me. That's what I like about it. It's mm-hmm. just very unassuming, very, well, not unassuming, very flavorful, but very like quick in its flavor. Mm-hmm. 
it's in and out, but it is, I guess you're right from sip to swallow. Cause it, it does go from like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. but it's all very quick. But the resin is just like, boom, resin. Yeah. <laughs> and that was from, that's from the Lotus. Part of it, I guess. But then it, it goes so smoothly right into like grapefruit. You get great. I get more. I get grapefruit following the resin. Okay. I thought I got pineapple, but actually maybe I get pineapple with the resin. Hold on. Yeah, you might be right. I get pineapple with the resin, but everything is so fast. Everything just yeah. kind of goes shoo, down your mouth. I think that's what makes it <laughs> sessionable. It's just like. It just goes shoo. Shoo. <laughs> Bless, Bless you. you. Our just, third co-host sneezed. <laughs> if you didn't hear it on the microphone. <laughs> She's mad she cannot lick our frosty glasses anymore because we took them away from her. Yeah, they're sweating pretty bad. This is great. This is really, a, really is a sessionable, like hazy beer. The, the, the resin is up front and center in a way that a lot of beers that have resin. And we've done a couple of beers that have had resin in the last, like a big resin flavor in the last like four months, I mm-hmm. think. And this is the first one that's just like, it doesn't come with strings attached. It doesn't come with like, yeah, it's, it's resin, but there's that pine next to it or it's resin, but here's all this fruit or here's all this uh, like other flavor that like the, the resin is where the sweetness comes from, but the other fruits where the flavor comes from Mm -hmm. here, the resin is such a big part of it. Oh, and yeah, it's mostly resin flavor, which I'm, perfectly okay with oh absolutely and the fact that it's a pale ale it's not an I India think that pale contributes ale, it's to, to its sessionableness yeah for sure this is really really good this is a session and i love sessions and i'll drink a session all the time but i think sessions are mostly considered summer beers for the most part yeah spring and summer um i would drink this hashtag crushable this session you could drink this is sessionable it's not a session but this hazy PA, this hazy pale ale, you could drink year round. And yet it's oh, super sure. drinkable. It's super sessionable. It's light. It's airy. It's, you know, they talk about the bitterness, but I really don't think it's so bitter. And maybe no, they, I'm de- just, they described it as having a low bitterness. A low bit. Okay. They did. Okay. Yeah. If this was a higher bitterness, it wouldn't work. Um, or it would appeal to a much smaller crowd. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big bitter guy. Yeah. But I could see if it was a little bit more bitter, you might not like it as much. I could see them releasing it as a specialty, like a double IPA limited series. Mm, I think it would lose a little bit of uniqueness if it did that, though. It would just be like another double IPA. I think this is unique and interesting and, and drinkable and nice. And I think a double IPA would have to up its sweetness a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which would no longer have just a pure resin flavor. I think it would have to up its stone fruitness because it would have to up its hop amount. And I think that would make the grape and pineapple and all that and papaya come up. And I think that after that would just become yet another double IPA. Yeah. I think the hardest thing to do is to make a good double IPA. It's not hard to make a double IPA people can drink because whatever, it's super sweet and it's got a lot of alcohol. Sure. But I think it's really hard to make a double IPA that is good. Mm-hmm. And I think I've had very few of them. We've had it a couple of times in this show. You know, I've always talked about, and I've always talked about Rotorun from Two Roads or Ghost Island from Thimble Island. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe two or three others we've had on the show. And other than that, it's very hard to find ones that are good. And that's interesting because the the two double IPAs that you described are, I feel, more lean toward the West Coast style of IPA in terms of double IPA compared to the kind of the double IPAs that lean more toward a hazy IPA style where they're more sweet and fruity. Oh, okay. Especially stone fruity. Maybe. I never really thought about Ghost Island or Rotorua being West Coast. But yes, in terms of what a lot of modern double IPAs are, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an East Coast thing or a lazy thing, though. Fair. Like, is that really them being really East Coast or is that just them hiding everything behind a ton of hops and a ton of sweetener, whatever it is? Yeah. You know, Road to Ruin really was the first double IPA I ever had. Um, and then Ghost Island followed real close after. And although Ghost Island also does do a little bit of that sweetness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go overboard with it, and it's got a lot more of that bitter that yeah, comes with it. Ghost Island is really bitter, and that in saves a good it. way, <laughs> right? And that bitter hides the fact that it is also probably as sweet as some of the WIPAs I don't like, but that bitterness hides that. Um, Rotorun is just bitter without being overly sweet. Mm-hmm. It's just that's why it's a snake on the front. It's gonna bite you, <laughs> and I like that. And some people don't like that with Rotorun. It, it really is just biting it's bitter yeah. deal with it but you, yeah you know what you're getting into but a lot of people go well people think it's that bitter they're not gonna like the double ipa so let's hold up a sweetener so then don't do the double ipa exactly if you can't make it good you can't make it taste good without hiding behind so much sugar then it's not actually good yeah then don't do it it's like a sugar it's like a soda or like a high c where it's just all sugar and no taste Ugh. you're hiding everything i just got diabetes when you said that yeah well that's what some of these beers are but this doesn't do that. But if it went double IP, I feel like it might. Because mm-hmm. all the sweetness behind this is in that resin, which gives it this really natural flavor and taste. I think I had the hiccups. I think you do too. And it's adorable because for once it's not me. <laughs> I will say, I don't know whether it's in my brain or I'm actually experiencing it. But the kind of the notes that I'm left lingering on are that orange and vanilla that the lotus is supposed to impart. Okay, I'll give you that. I don't think there's a lot of aftertaste, but yes, if you really concentrate on it, Mm -hmm. it is a very orange flavor with maybe a hint of vanilla because it's definitely a little off. But it definitely is a little bit of an orange flavor, but you really have to look for it. Yeah. I think if you weren't reading a description trying to get the tasters for a podcast yeah. Oh, yeah. episode. If, if I didn't you know what to look it. for, I might not be able to pinpoint it. Right. But yeah, I can see where you get it. For sure. Rose was just really nice. It's this is so good. This is extremely drinkable. And we should also mention that this comes in the regular 12 ounce cans, which is interesting. I was gonna get to that when I did my cans, which I guess I can get to right now. Here we go. So it's a fully heat seeked can top to bottom because it's Trogues and they legit, yo. <laughs> uh, it's a white can. It stands out a lot. And then another thing that stands out a lot is it's kind of highlight or it's accent, which is this lime green. This very yeah, it is. light highlighter green color that surrounds the border of their main picture of their can. Some of their writing. And it's great. So around the main border is that green color. And then obviously it's the Trogues label, which looks like a guitar pick almost, like a black guitar pick. It does, yeah. 
And there it says Trogues, all caps. The O has the, the uh, umlaut on the top. Mm-hmm. And then it says independent brewing in that lime green font. Umlaut's the right word. Okay. <laughs> I see your face looking like you're doubting me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, in the center, there's I usually a, think of it being over a U, not an E. That's true. In the center, there's a uh, crescent moon. Filling out the crescent moon is a hop made with the same highlighter green. And it's in space. And it looks like a little bit of like a constellation type thing where there's hop circles of different phases of the hop moon. Mm-hmm. It looks like all attached and bounced off among Starfield. And then there's two drops coming off of the hop with an eye on one of the hops or hop trips. And it says Haze Charmer. And the Charmer is very much like the font of like a tarot card, I would say. Yes. Uh, and then it says Dry Hopped Pale Ale in kind of a handwritten 1950s kind of horror font. And again, this is all surrounded by a highlighter of that green highlighter color. On the bottom of the can in the white can, it says in handwriting, handcrafted by the Trogues Bros. To the left of the can is your government warning. The Independent Craft Brewery Association label, much appreciated at all times. And then on the right, you've got the description of the can. This is a 5.5 alcohol by volume. Serve in a tumbler. I always like when they tell you what glass and the oh. tumbler's co- t- uh, colored in with the green. We don't have any I short should. tumblers like that, so I guess it's oh, fine. Oh, okay. And color, hazy golden orange. Fluid ounces, 12. Hops, Citra, Idaho 7, Azaka. Oh, really? Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, oh, snap. So their website and the tag at our local liquor store are both wrong. Oh, snap. Grain, pale malt, oats, unmalted wheat. Okay, that checks. Then a brief description. Haze Charmer emerges from a soft swirling cloud of oats and unmalted wheat. Vigorous dry hopping adds a second phase of haze, propping up the oils of Azaka and Citra hops. Each sip delivered notes of juicy pineapple, Fresh grapefruit and candied peach. So that's right. Okay. Balanced by a hint of white pine and low bitterness. Mm-hmm. A soft, juicy, and hazy pale ale. Haze Charmer is here to cast its spell on you. So the rest of that is correct, but they tweaked the recipe and did not correct any of the rest of the information. Azaka and Citra. No lotus. No citrus. We didn't get any. No, there's Cit- Citra. Citra is on both. Citra, Azaka, and Idaho 7. Azaka and Idaho 7 are both different. Instead was, of Folks, Lotus. I was had just like you. It's it's okay. At which me, which means the orange and vanilla is total bullshit. Mm, no, because Idaho 7 has vanilla notes. Vanilla, but not orange. Interesting. But the orange you might be tasting might be peach then. Because mm. you even, the description you said at the beginning was also peach, and yet we're not getting it at the peach yeah. that we thought. But that might be that orange. And I'm also a really bad judge of peach because I just don't generally like it. <laughs> I can see that orange being peach. Yeah. Or I can see that pineapple kind of being peach with the sweetness. But it's also fleeting because it's it's such a quick flavor. I mean, it's it still it's... a resiny sweet beer. Mm-hmm. So even though the hops are wrong, it's still pretty much the same beer. I wonder why they tweaked it and how different it is. Or it was. Yeah. Com- compared to what it was originally. I don't know. This is a twist, folks. This is unprecedented. We all this been is, had. This is, this is literally our 99th episode. 
as we record this, and this is the first time that this has happened. We've been lied to. Holy shit. <laughs> Folks, I blame her. She does all the research. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no one to blame but her. Still a good beer. It's still sessionable, drinkable, delicious. I'm really mad at myself. <laughs> she looked at the cans you bought. I tried to keep them in the box so that you wouldn't see them all week. <laughs> and it turns out all that happened was you didn't really see them. Yep. Either way, I think most of the notes that we gave are accurate. In fact, I would say all of the notes we gave about the flavor are accurate. It is what we taste. It's all in your head anyway, because hops are hops. None of these flavors, none of these orange or peach or mango or vanilla are real. They're all assumed flavors from yeah. the hop. It's what your brain perceives, man. But my brain mostly perceives <laughs> a quick resin flavor backed by some stone fruit like pineapple. Mm-hmm. And grapefruit. And grapefruit, followed by like a lightness that could be considered vanilla, orange, or peach. But it's all so fleeting, it's tough to tell. The resin really is the star of the show here. Yeah. And the fact that it's sessionable, it's quick to drink, it's low alcohol, and like I'm done already. And I've been kind of stalling on finishing it. Yeah, it's, like it's I'm kind of really sad. So this comes in a beer. six pack. I'm really sad that I should have put more in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's really worth drinking. It's definitely worth getting. Drugs never really puts out a bad beer that I've ever had. No, honestly, this might go on like our regular rotation, like something to keep in the fridge. If you, this really yeah. is a year round beer. If you like beer, this is definitely one to to keep on drinking. Yeah, cheers to Trogues. I mean, every time. They're really, really good. Agreed. If you're on the East Coast, get them. If you can order it on the West Coast, give it a try. If you have mm-hmm. friends on the East Coast that can get you one, it's definitely one to to hit up. Faux show. Faux yeah. Show. I'm done with my beer, so that's all I got. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, then, thanks, guys, for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. And then subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on Kraken One Open or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken One Open, or shoot us an email at open at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. What you got to plug? Well, I got two other podcasts that I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about forgotten films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the audience simply didn't catch on to it in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. We're available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com, ForgottenEntertainment.com, as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Podcast. I've also got two player bows, a podcast with my buddy Dave, sometimes with their sometimes by myself uh, where we talk about all things video games related video games news previews reviews on playstation xbox pc vr we have it all we play it all and nintendo i forgot to mention nintendo uh mm-hmm. that's also available on all those places i had just listed before uh i've also got audiobooks have you heard about my audiobooks on audible michael butler sour coffee at midnight progressive entrapment the final girl i don't make money in these unless you buy them and read them when by read them i mean i read them to you and you just listen <laughs> It's real easy. <laughs> I only make money when you buy them. So please, please buy them. They're pretty great. I do a bunch of accents in some, some voices. Some are gross horror movies. Some are gross uh, like horror stories. Some are just like murder mysteries. Some are sci-fi novels. Some are 
Guy Ritchie type British gangster theft books. Check them out. Buy them. Get me out of my day job. You'd be my best friend if you did. (laughs) For the love of God, get me out of my day job. Pretty much. (laughs) And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.